Thanksgiving is a holiday of sharing and gathering with our loved ones. Obviously, most of us enjoy eating all the great food. Well, that's my favorite part. Not so favorite parts are the annoying relatives and whiny cousins. But there's football and cranberry sauce and all the pies. So it seems like a fair trade-off to deal with grumpy parents and crazy relatives. This is exactly what the Privicki family looked forward to in 1998. But they never got that chance to completely sit down for their meal when they were brutally murdered. You are listening to Unexplained Realms, the podcast. I'm your host, Anne, and I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Mr. Eddie V. Happy Thanksgiving! November of 1998, in Muskegon, Michigan, the Privicki family held their Thanksgiving celebration a little late. They gathered on Sunday, November 29th, 1998, rather than on the traditional day of Thanksgiving. Stephen and Linda Privicki had shared with very few that there were some troubles with their teen, Seth Privicki. Their relationship was deteriorating for at least the last six months, but no one realized how troubled Seth really was. On this Sunday, the family invited Stephen's father, 78-year-old John Privicki, their 19-year-old son Jedediah, and Jedediah's 19-year-old girlfriend, April Boss. Around noon prior to guests arriving, Stephen had an argument with his troubled son. The argument escalated and Stephen told 18-year-old Seth he would need to move out of the house. This angered the high school senior. Around 12.30 p.m., Seth obtained his father's 22 caliber pistol inserted the clip and hid the gun behind his back on his way down the stairs. Stephen left to pick up his 78-year-old father around 12.45 p.m. in Roosevelt Park, Michigan. This was a three-mile drive one way, approximately a 25-minute round trip. Seth's mother, Linda, was in the shower upstairs, and Seth's 19-year-old brother, Jedediah, was on the couch watching TV. Seth quietly walked towards Jedediah on the couch and shot him in the back of the head. He immediately hid the body in the basement. He then waited in the garage. Seth's father, Stephen, arrived back at the home with his grandfather, John Privicki, around 1.10 p.m. Seth shoots them both in the back of the head as they enter the home through the garage door. 
Before entering the home, he notices that his grandfather isn't dead. So he shoots him a second time. It's now 1.15 p.m. and he approaches the stairs. Heading upstairs to the bathroom where his mother, Linda, is showering. Linda is just getting out of the shower. He also shoots her in the back of the head. As Seth comes down the stairs, he hears Jedediah's girlfriend, April Boss, come into the home. He later claimed he was not aware she would be attending that night. Seth also shoots her in the back of the head. Realizing that there are dead bodies everywhere, Seth calls his friend, Stephen Wallace. The two go to the same high school together and are both seniors. Seth tells Stephen he killed his family and he needs his help to get rid of the bodies and clean up. Stephen Wallace arrives and helps Seth in wrapping the bodies in sheets and plans to bury them later. Though Stephen had a church youth group party to attend at 6 p.m., he promised he would come back and help Seth bury the bodies. But Stephen did not return to Seth's home until 11 p.m. Once arriving, the two decided that the bodies were just too heavy. They couldn't haul them around and bury them. They come up with an idea to stage a robbery. They begin to move items around the home when they were interrupted by a car in the driveway. Jedediah's girlfriend, April Boss, had arrived at the Privicky home sometime after 1 p.m. April was to enjoy a meal with her boyfriend's family and then head back to her job. She worked a third shift. Her mother, Julie Cooper, and stepfather, Tom Cooper, received a phone call that she had not come into work that evening. Naturally, they became concerned and drove to the Privicky home to see if she was still there. Seth and Stephen run out of the home and hide in the nearby woods. Julie and Tom Cooper spot the shadow of a young man running from the driveway into the home. The couple then see a body of a man laying on the driveway. As they head towards the home, they begin to see blood on the floor of the garage and catch a glimpse of a young man running out into the nearby woods. The Coopers called 911 from inside the Privicky's home. Police arrive to find more dead bodies inside the home. 
April Boss and John Privicki were placed in a back room that was connected to the garage. Jedediah was in the basement, and Linda Privicki was found dead in her upstairs bathroom. Officers determined the body laying in the driveway was Stephen Privicki. All victims had been shot in the back of the head. Around midnight, a young man approached officers. He had come from the nearby woods and wanted to tell the officers his side of the story. Stephen Wallace told authorities he knew that Seth had killed his family and he only helped cover it up. Seth remained hidden in the woods. By morning, there was a widespread manhunt for Seth Privicki. The next morning, around 7.15 a.m., Seth was picked up while hitchhiking. Classmate Genevieve gave Seth a ride and dropped him off at the home of Jason Pitt. Genevieve immediately called the police after dropping Seth off. Jason Pitts was a friend of Seth, but wasn't home on that morning. Seth hid in the pole barn, but this would be exactly where authorities would find him and arrest him. After being arrested, he initially stated his brother Jedediah had committed the murders, but he eventually admitted that he committed them. On December 1st, 1998, Seth Privicki and Stephen Wallace were charged with five counts of murder. Stephen Wallace's charges were later reduced to accessory to murder. And during trial, he was actually acquitted. While in custody, Seth stated that he and his father argued frequently, and that day, when his father told him he would need to move out, Seth felt that his parents didn't love him anymore. He felt the family would take sides against him, so out of sheer anger, he would just take his revenge on them. Seth was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Seth made a bizarre last request from the judge. He wanted to see the free world one last time. The judge rejected this request. Seth Privicki only served 11 and a half years in prison. During this time incarcerated, he convinced two other murderers to help him escape. The three overpowered the driver of a semi-truck while he made deliveries to the prison. The three drove the truck through the double fencing that secured Kinross Correctional Facility in Michigan. After making it past the gates, the three fled on foot. Two of the inmates surrendered 
30-year-old Seth Privicki was running across the street from the prison when a correctional officer shot Seth in the head. So many questions remain in this case. What sets off a teen to slaughter his entire family? And the irony of Seth being shot in the head in the same fashion he shot his family. This must just be another case that's left to the realms of the unexplained. That was definitely a fitting way for him to die. Live by the gun, die by the gun. Ironic that he was shot in the head, identical to how he shot his family. Yeah, how sad, an entire family gone. A troubled individual, to say the least. Hopefully our listeners will have a much more enjoyable holiday weekend than they did. Agreed. Hopefully all of our listeners have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We here at the Unexplained Realms podcast are very thankful for our listeners and followers. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and now on YouTube. Or visit us at unexplainedrealms.com. Support for this podcast comes from Anchor.fm and V Media Studios.